0: So this week actually i think i plugged my microphone in so it actually should sound like a microphone as opposed to last week i did it all on the microphone on my imac what's up everyone welcome to the grace garage pod with co-host jason pridmore presented by bike 911.com yep you need some legal advice call our boy alex asante bike 911.com i am on the east coast jason pridmore as always is on the west coast but not in a typical place where are you jason what are you up to how are you
1: Wow, I'm good. I'm already up in the Pacific Northwest, getting ready for the Ridge this weekend. And Greg, you were right last night when you and I spoke. Uh, you know, we were laughing because, what was it, like 115 degrees here last year? 109 when I rode my motorcycle home Sunday night. Ugh. Yeah, but during the race weekend, I remember it got up to like 112 or 115 or something. And anyways, it was brutal. it was brutal. And leading up to this week, it looked like it was going to be mid-70s, and it's continued to gone, uh, go up. And then today on my weather app there was actually a, an extreme heat warning, like it's going to start getting hot here again. So it looks like we might be in the 90s by the time race starts. So It keeps um, going up and yeah. up and up
0: and up. So last night it was 90 on Sunday. Now it's at 92. Crazy. Yep. Yeah. Well, what would you rather so have, Jason? Yeah. Would you rather have 72 in rain or 92 in sunny?
1: I think every rider would rather prefer dry. And I think, um, even though I reckon this track would be fine in the rain, I um, I think everybody would like to see a dry race. And to be fair, 91 is not absurdly hot. It's going to be fine. It's a physical track, though. I've been lucky enough to ride here the last couple days. Um, track time uh, was kind enough to let me come out and do some laps and ride. And it was just kind of nice being on a bike again. And my, my boy Troy Cook took care of me. Hmm. Had I got his truck, his trailer, his bikes. I mean... Yeah, it was good. So how did how did you with, ride, dude? Yeah,
0: because uh, you haven't ridden since good. since uh, Chuck Waller when you.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I was good. I was great. I rode a button Buttonwillow once, remember? And um, oh,
0: that's right. Yeah. But
1: but my hand and everything feels felt pretty well, and um, yeah, I rode with uh, Mallory Dobbs on on Monday. She's doing her first Moto America National this weekend. Cool. What class? That'd be cool. Uh, s- super sport. Oh, awesome. Yep, and then I rode with um, Zach Schumacher uh yesterday who rides for the titlers team and zach's a good guy and and so i rode with both of them had really really good time and the weather was perfect i mean it couldn't be any better so and, it, and i think it helps me for the broadcast you know this week being able to ride the track see it um you know just just to know what the track feels like going into the weekend i think will be good i wrote it last year on that multi i know you poor guy yeah that was pretty actually fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially in the heat too. I remember it was, it was well. It was so it too. was so
0: hot Sunday night. I've never. I don't think I've ridden in in 109 plus degrees before. But what I had to had to end up doing was counterintuitive. I think I had to close off all the vents in my jacket, my my pants, all the vents in my helmet, my Arai helmet, by the way. Um, plug, plug, plug. So mm-hmm. because it 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 literally felt like someone was just standing in front of me with a hot with a hair dryer just blasting. The yeah, thing. yeah. And then. I had so much stuff because it was Sunday night, even coming from the racetrack, that you know, I don't want to leave anything in the parking lot of the hotel, Yeah. so yeah. I didn't actually get my stuff off until I was in the hotel. Now, we're in a sticky situation, obviously, because none of the places up there really have air conditioning because it doesn't normally get this hot, and we're in an Airbnb, so no cuddling this race, bro. Come on, man. Nothing. We'll
1: have all the windows open. We got a good spot. It's a little further away from the track than I thought it was, so... For those that don't know, Greg and I have been doing some Airbnb in this year, and Greg's so far batting a thousand. The two spots you got so far have been perfect. Mm. So I'm a little under the gun here. So we'll, well see. Well, the place uh, looks
0: amazing, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it.
1: So. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be good. It's like I said, it's not where I thought it was when I got the address yesterday. So um, it's a little further away than I thought, but that doesn't matter. Whatever. I mean, if you stay in Olympia, it's 25 minutes anyway. So I think we got an extra 10 minutes added onto our drive getting to and from the track so um real quickly before you get into the news cause yes. i didn't see it in there but did you see did you see the uh i mean wayne's at fosgood this weekend i know i think yeah at, uh, at, at goodwood goodwood yes like i mean how how cool is that whole thing i mean it's pretty wild it's really wild and the stories
0: behind it you know what we're going to get Wayne on here because the stories that he told me on the phone, Jason, about how Yamaha is preparing this bike for him. Obviously, he's you know paralyzed from from the waist down uh, to get him to be able to ride this. Mo- it's, it's legitimately his motorcycle with yeah. a lot of modifications to it to get him to ride it. He's been, as you know, he's been talking about it for months. He's pumped. Behind the scenes, the dude has been so pumped, and I'm glad he's there, and he's
1: going to ride it. It's going to be great. Well, wow. I'm just going to share a quick little, like a very, very quick um conversation I have with him and I know he wouldn't care that I said this because you know I am it, you know when you think about I, I just can't imagine all the emotions and stuff that I've got to be involved with getting back on that bike for the first time in 30 years like I can't even imagine what it must feel like just to sit on the thing he's got you know he's got a 500 at his house that he, he he told me once that like every three or four years Japanese engineers come over. They go through the whole bike. They make sure it starts. They make sure it runs. I think Neil Hodgson wow. got to ride it at Laguna one year, and um, so. But but talking about this particular case where you know he's over in England now for the Goodwood Festival, um, which I'd love to go to someday. The best conversation I had with him was about. God, it was about a month ago, and we were just talking, and we have a, we have some things in common that we like to watch. So I started kind of asking him some questions about this. Like, what's his thoughts? What's is this? What's his that? And in typical Wayne fashion, he says to me, I just hope I do better on it this time than I did the last time I wrote it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and I just, I sat there in my living room. I, I didn't even know what to say. I'm like, uh, and, and I, I started laughing. I'm like, Wayne, that is so classic. Like that is unreal. And, um, you know, I, I saw some video of him already this morning on the bike, so it's it's pretty cool. Oh, the, just, I haven't seen the so on-the-bike cool.
0: stuff. Yeah, I mean, look, there's a guy who shoots archery named Andre Shelby, and in 2016, he won the Paralympic gold medal in archery. Um, and he is in, he's a Paralympic uh, athlete because he was in a motorcycle accident. He was a military guy. Freak accident, dude. Like, like a 10-mile-an-hour accident in an intersection and I can't remember the story exactly but I think somebody ran over him like it was just a really really weird accident it didn't have anything to do with like you know being crazy on a motorcycle or anything like that and we were having a chat a couple of years ago and I just said, do you want to slay the dragon and without even hesitating he said I just want to get on a motorcycle one more time just to sh- to prove that you know that I'm I can ride a motorcycle that i'm better than the motorcycle you know what i mean because it was the motorcycle whatever yeah and i kind of asked that same question to wayne a couple years ago as well and you could tell that this is this is a bit of that i would love to be able to get a hold of someone that has a bike where someone who's paralyzed from the waist down could ride and get andre on the on a you know on the bike and stuff and get him to ride there's a guy um i'm i'm sure you've seen him but he calls himself the armless archer and um matt stutzman and he's a good friend, and he was born with no arms. He has like these little kind of nubs or whatever. And Matt yeah. doesn't care. He taught his parents basically said, I don't, we don't care that you don't have arms. You got to do everything that you're, he was adopted, everything that your siblings mm-hmm. do. And so obviously he drives with his feet, he eats with his feet, all that kind of stuff. He shoots. Yeah. Um, and Matt approached me a couple of years ago and said, Yeah, I'm riding a scooter right now, and I want to, I want to ride a motorcycle, like a thousand CC, blah, blah, blah. And he's drag yeah. racing, all this kind of stuff. So maybe someday,
1: you know, once, yeah, once this wild. pandemic I mean, thing and, and,
0: yeah.
1: I don't know if Chuck would have noticed if you and I were gone, but I would have been able, I would have loved to have gone over to
0: Goodwood. <laughs> you know, I'm surprised Which actually else? more did, more people didn't go over with them from, you know, from the Crave group or whatever, yeah. but anyway, all right. Yeah, no, it's great. Let's get it's into this great. podcast because we're going to be talking about MotoGP Anyways, from Germany, let's get on with it. Uh, Moto America, and MotoGP previews, because they're racing back to back. And of course, Arise News, if you want to support the channel, it's patreon.com slash TV. Uh, there's a link in the description of this podcast. Also, you can subscribe to my YouTube channel if I ever post new content on there because I'm a total slacker. But I definitely will. I have tons of content to post. I just have to edit. I have my new laptop now, too, so editing is a lot nah, more enjoyable, and it's faster. And um, Anyway, so let's just kind of get right into it. So it's now time for the news presented by Arai. And because this podcast and the news is presented by Arai... We want you to go try on an Arai helmet, so you know what to do. Go down to your local dealer, get fit properly, pick out a nice paint job. It's a fit, though. It's the fit that's the key. That's great safety. Hey, if you watch any rider in MotoGP on an Arai helmet, you get the exact same quality helmet that you would get. There's a story, actually, one time where Colin Edwards had crashed and something happened. He, like, went through his allotment of helmets or whatever, and then he literally went to get one from, like, the vendor and put it on. Like they're At that good. track. Yeah, they're that good. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. 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 Anyway, all right, let's so get into it. Um, well, first of all, we have to congratulate American Max Toth, who raced, obviously, in Moto America last year. He raced the Aprilia Cup in Mugello over the weekend, and he won both races. Congratulations to Max. Any comments from you?
1: Yeah. I didn't even know it, and it was funny because I, obviously, Greg, when I get locked in on these Monday-Tuesdays, I don't really follow any of the news, so... Um, I didn't know that. That's great for Max. We know he's been racing over there. We saw him with Vladdy and I think Caleb went over there earlier in the year. And uh, I know Max was pretty successful there as well. I think he finished second. Um, So, yeah, big congrats to him.
0: How about Moto2 rookie and race winner Pedro Acosta? He broke his left femur in a training accident on Tuesday. Jason, any comments? You know how people get. They should have been training, blah, blah, blah.
1: Again... Yeah. Well, I, again, I didn't know anything about this. And then last night when I sat here and I got the rundown, I was like, whoa, you know, and, and that's, that's big news. I mean, he's definitely been coming into his own. Let's just hope he doesn't rush it back. I mean, he's he's 17, right? So there is no reason for him to, uh, to rush back into this case and just get himself fully fit. So that he's ready to rip. They had said that, uh, you know, obviously he's missing ass in this weekend. And I'm like, well, I hope he is, you know, like, I, I think that if anybody can learn anything from from Marquez's injury a couple of years ago, it's like when you break a major bone like femurs, um, humerus, uh, any of those kind of things. And I know every break is different, but like, let's just come back, let's get fit, let's get healthy, let's not let's not set this kid back anything any further. Um, let's let him get fully one hundred percent healed and go.
0: Yeah, I kind of wonder about that. If if what's happened to Marquez and the decision to put him on the bike has really started to maybe temper a little bit of that. Gung ho attitude. Hey, how about top rack? Raz got the World Superbike World Champion, got to ride a Yamaha MotoGP bike, the M1, the other day. Uh, the rain held him back, but he still got like 40 laps in. And reports are that um, he did really well. He was fast and he adapted to the M1 quickly. Who knows what the future holds for him? He also made comments on the Twitter. Um, it's your typical comments that you often see. Anybody going from a Superbike. <clears throat> excuse me to a MotoGP gp bike it was like well the electronics are different wow there's a lot more power wow the carbon brakes are really weird so there's nothing revolutionary in there but if it wasn't for the rain i guess he was going to get more so 40 40 laps or 44 laps something like that for yeah. top rack it's good job
1: Tracky knows track doesn't particularly do well at either in world superbike i mean that's something that was you know we've heard steve english talk about um on the broadcast that they do uh so the fact that he got to go to aragon again and ride a different bike there it would be interesting to know you know lap times and things obviously i just think it's he's in he's in the first of a two-year deal right greg right now yes yeah i think my biggest concern was like well there's two things really like what if you had just set the world on its head and been amazing i like the morbidelli thing is still kind of weird to me like he's He's battling with Davizioso and getting beat by Binder, and it's kind of weird, right, I, I think. So where is it that you – like, I'm a huge Morbidelli guy, like a big fan, all that, but I don't understand I, – I know a contract's a contract, but there does seem to come a point where I would be like, hey, man, you what was he, 30 seconds back this week? I haven't looked at it, but I know he was a long way back. And, and yeah, just it's it's weird. Doby's quitting at the end of the year, and Morbidelli's battling with him. Is Dovey quitting? I didn't hear that. Yeah, I. I there's no way he's going on. I, all, all reports are basically that he's done at the end of this year. You and I were talking about if he'd even finish the season. So well, that is true. Yeah. And
0: and you yeah. know the, the the chatter now is Aprilia, an Italian, you know, on the satellite team with with uh, that whole I don't know whatever the satellite Yamaha team now. But RNF team, yeah, RNF team. But with that said, yesterday or day before on on MotoGP.com. The principal of that team said, nah, there's no big deal. Italian or no Italian, we don't really it's it's not really a factor. So we'll have to see where that Aprilia ride goes goes. But for Morbidelli, like I said, maybe there's something else. You know, maybe there's surgery on the horizon at the end of the year, they have confidence in him. Maybe Yamaha is just stuck with nowhere to put him because they lose that satellite team. I, I don't know. But anyway The
1: second he got on the factory team he got hurt and then he hasn't he literally has done nothing. Like nothing. He's not even close. No. It's really strange. Which it's also really, makes Cuadraro
0: really look like a superhero. And because, you know, as it sits right now, he's the only one that can ride that bike. But yeah. is that true? I mean, we don't know what's going on with Morbidelli, And, you know, if you put Top Rack on that bike. So I wonder how fast he went, but we don't know. But anyway, that's
1: your news we presented by Rai. Yeah, so yeah. let's get some racing. Yeah, let's do it. Let's talk about the Grand Prix at Saxon this weekend. It's a bit of a shakeup because obviously Marquez has won there. I think he's won there eleven times with that's, all the classes that he's ridden there. Yeah. Is that what it 11, is? Eleven times in a is row. It's just insane. Yeah. Imagine being the you know, imagine being a guy that's won one race in your career and you've got a guy that's won eleven times. Always say that about always say that about Tiger Two. there's certain tournaments he won it like eight times and some guys only ever win once on tour. It's pretty wild, but when you think about it, um right now, Greg, this championship is going one way and that's the Quatteraro train is rolling he is nobody's even really close to him and he controlled the race from the front Bagnaya slid off again. We'll talk about that in a minute, but Quattro goes on to win by almost five seconds over Zarco and Jack Miller, who had a long lap penalty to serve. And, uh, you know, getting back to those long, long lap penalties, it's, it's now, you, you know, we're starting to see on the regular, the guys finishing on the podium. I don't know if the long lap penalty is really a thing. We got a couple things to talk about that this weekend, because <clears throat> when you look at, um, Miller, I guess, fell out during uh, there was a yellow flag during, was it practice, Greg? Free practice four? Four.
0: Was it free practice yeah. four? Yeah, it was definitely during Three practice.
1: Three or four, anyways. Yeah, kind of crazy, but anyways. Alaysha up fourth. Struggled a bit, it looked like. It probably just didn't look, look like, well, I say struggled. I mean, fourth, he was 9.1 back. Vinales, is his teammate. They, have you know, was really right there all the way through the race until about what was about midway, Greg, when the the vice got stuck, and you know you can obviously see he had a big problem, but that was the most promising ride we've seen from Vinales in a year? I don't know, more? Yeah, so, just, just just about a year, because it was just uh, about a year
0: ago, probably a year and, and a couple of weeks where he won his last race, and then all of a sudden the wheels fell off at Yamaha. Within, like, weeks, he was gone.
1: Crazy. Yeah, really crazy. Luca Marini continues to impress me. He ends up fifth over Martin, who's sixth. Brad Binder, again, Like when you look at where this guy comes from on the grid— and finishes where he finishes he's 15.4 seconds back finishing seventh you know we can't qualify they were they were in the bottom like five six spikes all the ktm riders a lot during the weekend uh after each race pace. Digi antonio again solid top 10 for him he ends up eighth over Alavara and bastianini who was without his crew chief bastianini I think literally, Greg, just, you know, it's hard for us to get a feel because we're not there, but doesn't it kind of seem to you like Bastianini is coming? I like, I don't want to say he's coming unglued, but he's, he's coming a little bit unglued in the sense that the talk Ducati hasn't announced anybody to take that second seat that Miller's vacating. And it, the talk has been between Martine and Bastianini. I think Bastianini feels like he deserves that seat already after winning, what, three times this year. And, and it's like, I could see at one point where he kind of probably feels like he deserves that ride. But it sounds like Martins really made a case for himself that he wasn't healthy and that he was hurt. And like, let's see how the surgery goes and see if his results get better. Almost makes me feel like Ducati had already put it in their brain that they were hiring Martinez no matter what. And then Bastianini came along. And then, yeah, it's just it's a weird thing. It'll be interesting to see who really does get that seat. But Bastianini ends up 10th. Finishing out the points, Greg, was Bazzicchi. Raul Fernandez in his best ride, ending up 12th. Morbidelli, who we spoke about, over Davizioso by, well, about about a second and a half. Remy Gardner ends up 15th. And Broddle, suffering from some pretty serious burns, it sounds like, on the HRC bike, ends up 16th. And the only Honda to finish. And no Hondas in the points, G-Dub. Pretty dim times. Dim times
0: for HRC and not really an attractive way to get new riders either. Even Mir came out yesterday and was like, eh, going to HRC would be tough. Now, the the thing is, it's it's almost like you have to look at it like Aprilia. I think these things are so finely tuned. These motorcycles are so finely tuned at this point, Jay. We saw Aprilia. Joe Roberts turned down an Aprilia ride because the thing was like nobody wanted to be on the bike. And in a matter of months, all of a sudden now it becomes the most balanced bike in the paddock and all this kind of stuff. And you don't think that HRC has enough resources or enough knowledge to figure something out. They may be stuck in a path right now but something tells me that they're going to come up with some new frame and a new swing arm or something, and all of a sudden it's going to be like, boop, there they go, right back up yep. front they go. But it's been, and, and I and I, I keep harping on this point, and I I just, it's been a one-way development with Marquez, and if you look at what Honda's problems have been, ever since Mark started getting hurt and his missed races and missed tests and all this kind of stuff, Honda has had a steady decline south. Yeah. And it, it's... Really important, and there's a reason why teams have an A rider. It's because if you you can't develop in multiple directions. You just can't do it. And so to have an A rider, it's really important. And if we look at it, like, Vinales is a good example. Vinales' rear ride height device collapsed. But as was pointed out after the race, Alicia Spargro is on a manual one, one where he actually activates. The one that, that Vinales was on was testing... The automatic one where you hit a button and, and it does the thing, or whatever. Electronic, the auto- right? Yeah, yeah electronically, electronic. right? And that yep. and that bit failed. Now, it one of the two has nothing, could have nothing to do with each other. It could be that the whole thing collapsed. But I mean, you know, if you look at that bike when it was in the pits right afterwards, I mean, the thing was such a chopper; it was just sitting on the rear wheel. But yeah. that also tells you that Aleix is the A rider, and that Maverick is the B rider, because just like Zarco is basically now the tester or the B rider, really, for the factory team on Ducati. That's the way it works out. So, yeah, it's um, Honda's problems are going to continue. But, like I said, don't be surprised if one, after one test or even going into next season, that they show up with a drastically improved motorcycle. All of a sudden, they're up front and three people, four people can ride the bike. It wouldn't surprise me.
1: Well, I saw this morning where they're talking about Rins going to LCR. And imagine a lineup of Marquez and Mir. And Renz, because we know Renz and Mir get along really well. Maybe Honda's looking at it like, let's just nab both those two guys. And they've worked well together to get the Suzuki up to speed. You never really heard the AB rider thing at Suzuki that much. You never really heard them talking about how uh, one guy was preferred over the other. Maybe Mir, uh, along with Renz and Marquez, um, and then it looks like your boy Ayagura. Is going to go to the other Honda uh, team or or be involved with LCR as well. So I think that when you look at things, maybe maybe that's the direction they're going. Um, trying to figure out a way to get two more top level guys on their bike, meaning Mir and Rins. I I would have thought that Rins was going to go to the Aprilia team. That's really where I thought he would end up. But now it looks like, um, now it looks like uh, Oliveira might be going there. From what I've read, anyways. Yeah, it's
0: crazy time. Let's get back to the race itself. Yeah. Fabio so the Quart- race itself, I mean... Fa- yeah, yeah, Fabio Cuadarraro, Jason, he won that race because he raced the entire race weekend. Meaning, the work that they were able to put in Friday and, and the speed he was able to, to do consistently, and then the fact that he was able to dig deep and put that dang thing on the front row, because it is that same situation we've been talking about. Yamaha has for years suffered if they're out front and they can control the pace and they can do the lap time the way they need to do the lap time. And Fabio even said a post-race interview. Now, when I say that, post-race press conference interview, Jay. All right, so not in part yeah. for May. All right, I got it right this week. But Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. What did he say? He, I didn't he, see he, it.
0: Ba- he basically said, look, you know, I need to be out front to win. And someone said, what do you mean by that? And it was like, what do you mean? What does he mean by that? He means that, and he said it, I need to do the lap time the way I need to do the lap time. If I get stuck behind someone. So what he's basically saying is he needs the corner speed to get it done. And when he does and he's, he's unchallenged, it's easy. When a Ducati goes in there parks, it turns it and accelerates out. The Yamaha can't do anything with it. He can't, it's too, too risky to, to get deep on the brakes. So I don't know if you saw the news that, um, Yamaha started a relationship with an engineer who comes from formula one and some other places. Um, and so, you know, they have a long term picture and uh, of what they want to do, the fact that they kept Quaderaro. But Quaderaro to me, his race win started when he was able to put that bike on the front row and, and yeah. get and get a launch. And he only had to make what one attack.
1: Oh, you well, Bagnaya attacked him, he attacked him right back, and then mm-hmm. I just it's so bizarre, Greg, looking at the accident that Bagnaya had. It's another one of those like the rear of the bike comes around, it almost looked like he ground something. That's what it kind of looked like to me. It's almost like he touched something down. Yeah, like the rear
0: lifted off the ground.
1: Yes, and the rear lifted off the ground and went out from underneath him because you could see just how stunned he was. I mean, that, again, was the furthest thing from what he thought was going to be going on at that particular point in the race. It's You know, when a rider makes a mistake, they know they make a mistake, but they've just got to be scratching their heads on that one because sometimes what will happen in that case, Greg, is... You'll you'll get to a, a big lean angle and you just lose the front a little bit, and the rear ends up going. And some some of that stuff ends up happening based off of um, elevation. And I don't know Saxon Ring. I know it has a ton of up and downs. Um, I know it's got some on and off cambers. Uh, but but in that particular case, maybe he was a scotch wide a he little was bit. Wide. He was man, definitely it wide. Just, just didn't look yet. like. Yeah yeah, it was definitely wide. And when you try to get that last little bit of turn being a little bit wide, you could kind of lose the front a little bit, but it's such a big lean angle. Yeah, but dude, if you listen to, to the replay, if you listen to the replay yeah.
0: on board, as soon as he initiates throttle, it just like yep. spun out. It just goes. It wouldn't surprise me if it had something to do with the rear ride height device in some way, and nobody's saying it because yeah. the way that he crashed and the way he was like like yelling at the bike you know what I mean? Like, he was like, if you if you look at his mannerisms, I know it's a, he's yeah. Italian, so, you know, sometimes you just yell at things. Like, I can't believe I did this to myself. But he looked at the bike, and it was almost like he was blaming the bike for the situation. But he was definitely a little wide. 100% yeah. he was a little wide. 100%. So.
1: Yeah. He was a little bit wide. And, you know, it was just a shame. I mean, the way the championship's going now. No, it's a worse shame, because I freaking turboed the guy. Oh, you did. Good for you. So you got hosed, huh? Good. Good. I'm happy for you. I, I the fantasy thing I'm I'm done with. So uh we'll get to that in a little while. Um some impressive rides, Jack Miller. It's just bizarre to me how Jack ends up fifteenth one week or not you know front end. I, I don't understand. Front end. It. The last
0: I, test they had, they found something in the front end. He's been talking about it all race weekend. And it's just a it's a confidence thing that they found in the front end. So just like that,
1: boom, he's up yeah, front. But, but he was here's the thing I don't get though. He put in some great results at the beginning of the year. And then all of a sudden, he has a couple of races where he just ends up 15th. And then all of a sudden, they found something again. Like, I don't know where it goes that wrong. Like, where does it go that wrong? Again, we don't see Bagnaya going back to 14th and 15th. I'm going to tell you where it goes wrong. Where it goes wrong is, especially in Ducati, is
0: MotoGP is now an engineer's game. The rider is secondary, right? Like. Yeah. Engineers develop motorcycles. I mean, we say that Stefan Bradl's is the test rider. He develops the bike. We say Pedroza is on KTM and Sylvain Guntoli, and you know, but the reality is the engineers do. They build the bikes. Those riders go, this works, this doesn't work. Riders like Mir and Rins develop those bikes based off of what's good, what's not good. And we can clearly see that the 2021 Ducati that Bastianini was riding was well sorted at the beginning of the year, that Ducati in general was missing. Because if you think back, Jay, we were like just kind of dumping all over Ducati. Like, how do you guys have have whatever it was, five 2022s in the field? You can't even blah, 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 blah. Yep. Then all of a sudden, they figured some stuff out there, two or three races into it. Bastionini's now going backwards, which is weird. I think maybe you're right. I don't think it has much to do with the bike. I think probably has more to
1: do with what's going on. Pressure wise, well, crashed. He's crashed a couple times. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we saw Jorge Martín go through this. He crashed a bunch at the beginning of the year while Bastianini was winning, and then Martín gets that surgery, um, and and seems like it's helped him. But Bastianini's gone backwards and started crashing. But so, think, but
0: think about after the first or second race of the year, Peco Bagnaya was like, "Hey, I'm not a test rider," and then all of yep, a sudden things start to change. Yeah. I, I just think sometimes Ducati out thinks themselves, I think that they over-engineer things, not not from like a like a part standpoint, but from like, you know, maybe they go, oh, listen, this is a great idea, we're going in this direction. I think Gigi Delinia is is a guy who goes off of passion and engineering at the same time, and I think he takes some risks that don't pay off, and that's why we're in the situation that we're in. You have eight Ducatis on the grid, and you have a Yamaha which at the beginning of the year, Jason, we were shaking our heads. What can these guys possibly do? Yamahas, blah, blah, blah. And all of a sudden, Quartararo is hands down the best rider in the field right now, in my opinion.
1: Yep. Yep, I agree with you. Like, and it's, the championship slowly starting to like, uh, Greg, I mean, the guy that they considered to be the main championship rival for him, uh, you know, Bagnaya. he's sixth in the points. He's 81 points. He's 90 points back, G-Dub. And look, 172 to 138 Quattararo over Aleish. Then you got Zarco in third right now at 111. I mean, it's it's blowing out now. And this kid, once he gets on a roll, and look, Aston's going to be a great track for that Yamaha and Quattararo. And I don't know if there's a bad track for him well, anymore. It seems like he's been able to he's been able to kind of handle his business. So here's the situation, in
0: my opinion, right? You have Aleish Spargo who has who has remained mostly mistake free all year, but he doesn't yep. quite have the speed, whether that's the motorcycle, the tire, whatever it is. He doesn't have the oh, speed of Quartararo. For a little bit, right? right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. So yep. you've got to look at Quartararo, and you say the only way Aleish is in this championship and stays in this championship is he needs a 25-point chunk from Quartararo. The problem yep. is, if it was Pecco leading the way, I would be like, yep, Pecco's liable to make a mistake like he's done in the past, right? Or if it was Zarco out front, same thing. He's yep. made mistakes. Yep. Quart just doesn't seem. I mean, he's good for one a year maybe. You know, but he hasn't been in GP that long. But that's what I'm saying for Quinteraro. The way he's riding right now, the confidence, everything, the way they've got that thing dialed in, and more so his attitude. When's the last time you heard Quinteraro poop on the speed of the Yamaha?
1: He's not doing it. He doesn't. He just got over it. Like he's like just got to get on with it. This is what I've got. He signed it. He signed that contract another for, for another couple of years. They promised him some more power. Who knows what that's going to do to that bike when they add power to it? Very true. Uh, <clears throat> those are the things that you got to be concerned with. So, I mean, but they've got their guy who works hard and he makes things look easy. Like, when he gets out in front of those races and just controls the pace and puts pressure on these guys to try to catch him, and it just seems like he's able to run the lap after lap after lap, um, watching him even after the race. He's running around jogging over to the fans, throwing stuff <laughs> into the crowd. Yeah, Zarko, Zarko looks like he's ready to pass out. Um, Oof, he on, was, you know, dude, he was worked. Wow. Yeah, and there's a couple things that we'll talk about with that just in a minute. Um, but but what's interesting is it's like Quattro just doesn't look like he's got any weakness in any of his games right now. And when you look at these championship points, Greg, the thing that just comes at you and just slaps you in the face is Bagnaya and Miller are tied in points now. You know, it's yeah. like it's the most insane thing to think, you know, they've got rid of Jack. Jack's going to KTM, but they're a rider who they've kind of put their eggs on, Bagnaya is sixth in the points, nowhere to be seen. The best Ducati rider right now, Johan Zarco, Mm -hmm. putting himself a really nice little championship together, third in the championship. I think he's been on the podium now three or four times this year. In fact, Greg, he is the most decorated rider in MotoGP this year as far as podium count goes. He's been on the podium more than any other Ducati rider. Mm. And you sit there and you kind of go, again, when Ducati makes their decisions on people and things, what would Zarko do on a factory bike if he was on the full factory team? Um, you know, but his name doesn't even get mentioned, does it? It's it's going with younger guys, pushing forward, going that direction. Um, and Zarko's probably pretty happy with the Pramac team, anyways. But you don't even hear Zarko's name even in the hunt for that that offer or that All job. Right.
0: So, simple question to ask you: If you're yeah, if you're Ducati, and you yeah. say to your guys, "How do you race? How do you race Cuaduaro? How do you race Quattrararo? It's super easy. How do you do it?"
1: Well, for me, I think, how do you do it? Well, uh, there's there's a number of different ways that you can try to beat the guy, and I'm sure that they've gone through these discussions. You've probably got a real simple answer to this question. Um, you've you've got to stop making mistakes at the beginning of these races to start with. A lot of the Ducati riders that we see make mistakes, it's usually within the first five or ten laps of these races, Greg. You've got to let things play out a little bit more. Things never get played out. So what ends up looking like happens to me, There's an engagement at the beginning of these races. For the first five, six laps, it looks like it's going to be close. There's one guy that's not making mistakes and that's Quattararo. He always seems to figure out a way to kind of get through the heat of those initial battles and then other guys crumble around him. And to me, that's the biggest thing is race IQ, race intelligence. You've got to be able to, even if you watch the race this weekend, Zarco actually looked like he made a push there and it got down to like 1.6 or 1.4 seconds about six or eight laps into the race. And it was like Zarko was really making a push. And it was almost like Quattro could see that. And then just like that, Greg, just puts the hammer down, just drops another three tenths, four tenths, gets that lead up to two and a half seconds and broke the will of Zarko. Zarko said as much as that. But Zarko didn't go over the edge to try to, to continue to push it. You know, that was a 30-lap race. 30 laps is a long, long time in the heat like those guys had. And... Zarco kept himself in there all the way to the end, but Quartararo just had too much. Mm. I, I mean, I think that I think that that's if you look back, Greg. A lot of mistakes get made at the beginning. Like you look at you look at Bagnaia getting taken out at her, at uh, Catalunya, right? You got to think that Quartararo looks at Bagneri as his main guy, weekend and week out that he has to beat. I would think, right? Well, yeah, I mean, rival if wise. If, if, speed wise, yeah, all that. Begdai is out of the race at Catalunya, so Quattroiro can completely redesign in his mind how he wants that race to go now, you know? Yeah. And you give him the opportunity to do that four or five laps in, it makes it a lot easier for him to control the race at the front, control tire wear and some of those other things. If you're Ducati, you want to get your guys as many of those Ducatis as you can in front of of, of Quattroiro early. Make it harder for him. Make well, it,
0: okay, so that's my point. The simple answer yeah. to racing Quattroiro is... Get in front of him. I don't mean like you know how when you ask riders. What I've asked riders this a hundred thousand times in my career. What's your favorite thing about racing a motorcycle? And I'm not looking for mm-hmm. winning. It's a, that's a dumb answer. That's not. I'm a, I'm I'm asking. You know, do you like the feeling of acceleration? Do you like right. braking? You know, the, do you like the challenge or whatever? When it comes to racing Quattrararo, you've got a Valentino Rossi corkscrew Laguna in front of Casey Stoner. You've got to put it in mm-hmm. front and control. Because you, you just brought it up, you've got to control the way Quadraro races the 100%. race because yep. then he's got to overextend his tires, he's got to do all that kind of stuff. So it's really easy to beat Quadraro or to put him in a bad position. He's so good right now and he's so fast that an entire fleet of Ducatis can't even get in front of him and control his pace. Like, that's well, the whole look, thing. Look.
1: You go back and you probably listen to our preseason podcast, and I'm not going to say that I said or didn't say, but I'm sure at some point I probably said if Ducati doesn't win the championship this year. It might be the biggest fail from a manufacturer in a lot of years. I mean, they've got eight riders out there now, and they've got the bike and the teams. I mean, we're. I mean, the 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 Yamaha is leading the championship. How many in the paddock right now do you think, Greg? Would put their hands up and say that the Yamaha is the best bike out there. I don't think that there's that many guys that would say that the Yamaha is the best bike out there. It's not. I think a lot of guys would be trying to jump on that Ducati. A lot of guys are trying to jump on that Aprilia now. So when you look at it, it's what this kid is doing is amazing. But there's obviously, like you said earlier, the 22 bike came in. Bagnaya bitched about not wanting to be a tester, which I agree with him. He's there to race. But that bike wasn't even close. Maybe the out-engineering thing, over-engineering thing that you've talked about so much with Ducati. And it was so bad that they've got their 21s winning. They got they got the the Mooney team now with Bedzeki's He's put in some great rides. Marini's put in some great rides. Um, their star rider isn't putting in great rides. He, he's either really great or he's on the deck, right? Mm-hmm. So when does that transition over to like looking at these satellite teams are doing an amazing job. Grassini, Mooney, Pramac. They're doing an amazing job. They're outscoring. How many Ducatis right now are, are in front? Let's see. We got... Oh, mean, hold on. Uh,
0: While you're on that, let me bring this up there, yeah. okay? So if yeah. you look at the Constructors' Championship, Ducati right now yeah. is leading 221 points to Yamaha's 172. is in at 139. Yeah. All right? Of course they would be. Ducati actually... Of course. Ducati... So it's it, it, the points basically are the highest-placing Ducati. So Ducati has not been off the podium. All right? But if you look at the teams, there are 12 teams in the MotoGP paddock. The team leading the way is the Monster Energy Yamaha team. Second, Aprilia. Third, take a guess.
1: Is it Ducati third? Ducati third, but not not the factory team. Pramac
0: is third, Jason. And the fourth team is is the Ducati Lenovo team. So, you know what I mean? Then you have... Red Bull KTM, then you have Suzuki, then you have Garzini, then you have Repsol in eighth, then Mooney LCR with you, and then you know Tech Three. So, but if you look at that and you think, wait a second, <laughs> the the Pramac team has got ten points currently in the team championship over the factory team, Amazing. and the factory team is fourth, even though Ducati as a constructor is leading the way. So you're absolutely right. I mean, in the way racing works, is the factory team should be the main team and should be kicking everybody's tail in. And Ducati, even though they're leading constructors with eight riders on the grid, yep. they're they're really pretty far behind. I mean, you're talking about crazy. what did I just say? So you're looking at Yamaha with 197 and the factory Ducati
1: teams at 162. So 30, wow.
0: 35 points adrift.
1: It's it's incredible. And 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 again, you go back and you think, I I I'm sure there will be a time coming up where, you know, Eurojournalists are gonna jump on it and start talking about what a failure this is for Ducati. I mean, it's it's incredible. When you sit there and you look at Brad Brad Bender and what he's done on the KTM, he's fifth in the points. He's ahead of both factory Ducati guys. And and he's really doesn't look like he's operating with much. I mean, he's going into each one of these race weekends, not qualifying the best, staying upbeat, moving forward in the races. I mean, if they've awarded points for guys who have probably... Improved the most during a race, the, the, the points will go to Brad Bender, you know? So it's pretty wild. And right now, Cuauhtararo is just on such a roll. And when you talk about the Aprilia G-Dub, Greg, don't you just feel like they're just, they're, there's just a little bit off. They're just, it's just a little bit now. Like, like they don't have the outright speed of Cuauhtararo over race distance, but Aleish has kept him honest plenty of times this year. Um, but I also believe that Quattro gets under the mindset of it doesn't matter if he wins by 3 seconds or 10 seconds. Put those points in the bank. And his racing IQ is so high. Um, yeah, I mean, he's just doing an incredible job. So these guys are headed off to Aston this weekend. And it'll be interesting to see what ends up going on there. Now let's get to some Moto2 action, GW, because it was a pretty crazy race as well. Didn't really go the way I think a lot of people thought it was going to go. Because Augusta Fernandez just showed up this weekend and flat smoked everybody yeah. on Sunday, and <laughs> Good way to put it, it wasn't even wasn't even close. I mean, it wasn't. I mean, he just was on another level. Um, and and this championship now has gotten very close, and we'll talk about that in a minute. You talked about Pedro Acosta breaking his femur sadly before this weekend. He ended up finishing second in this race in a great battle with Lowe's, who finally got the monkey off his back after six races of non-finishing. Salmon's at third. Put it on pole, had a good start, um, and 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 looked like he was going to be kind of the guy to beat. But like I said, Fernandez on another level. Marcel Schröder in his home Grand Prix, Greg, I haven't really talked much about him over the last couple of years. He put in a good result, really close to the podium. He ends up fourth. Then you had Aldegar, Arenas, Lopez Ayagura, your guy, in eighth. Aaron Canette, Greg, who, man, I mean, did you hear about the car accident he got in? yeah. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable, unbelievable. Like this poor kid is kind of gone through it. I don't know that. Uh, do you know more about this accident? No, I don't know anything about I, I it. I don't. Okay. I only
0: heard about it on the broadcast. I know it was just whatever they said—a head-on collision. It was. Where, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know that they said his nose was bruised and stuff, but I saw him uh, post race. He didn't look really that that bruised up on the on the face anyway. It but. looked
1: like he had some stitches in his eyebrows, like. Mm-hmm. Sheesh. I thought like maybe he cut his face open and 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 that kind of thing. So, but Canet, who I think is just kind of the guy that I don't know, man. I kind of picked him to win the championship. Um, he needs some this luck. Year. He needs some luck
0: going his He's, way.
1: I mean, it's kind of just bad right now, you know. And it's it's slid him back to fourth in the points, mind you. It's it's all very very close there. So it's not like it's you know we'll get to those like I said in a second. So he ends up finishing ninth. Arbolino tenth. Jake Dixon. Finishes 11th over Gonzalez. Joe Roberts kind of just started going backwards. He was up there, Greg. He was like right there, 6th or 7th, rolling around. He ends up getting back to 13th. And literally, him and uh, and Cam both back there, 13th and 14th. And Samkhet Chantra ends up 15th. Shout out to SDK. Pretty good weekend for, for SDK. He ends up 17th, 39 seconds back. Beat some guys, though, which was he was happy about if you looked at his Instagram. Um Greg right now Moto 2 it seems like weekend and week out there's a new guy. Vietti crashes again in this race. Yeah, that was a big one. To just continue to let to let these guys in on the championship. But weekend and week out it's like there's a new guy it seems like it's winning. So now we've had we've had Fernandez, we've had Acosta, we've had um Dude Viete how win how, races. how with three DNFs is
0: Vietti even leading this championship? That's really Amazing. the story, isn't it? It's like it's yeah, like no one no one is stepping up and grabbing this thing. Iogura only has one DNF, but the last couple races he's been only scoring single digit points. It's
1: so weird, isn't it? Yeah. So
0: so yeah. Vietti's only scored I mean, Vietti, it was DNF win DNF the last three. You know, but yeah. Fernandez has gone like fourth, third to a win. He seems like he's on the uptick. But if you look at the if you look at the world championship classification, I mean, it's like you have to go to Marcel Schroeder. Actually, yeah, Marcel Schröder is the only person in the top twenty-two that has that has finished every race.
1: No way. So yeah, that's amazing. So he's got, and he's what fifty-something points back. So yeah, four, forty-five points back. So, so he,
0: he like he finished the second race, but he scored zero points. But he finished. But there are yep. everybody's got at least one or two dash lines on them, and so. They're, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Manuel Gonzalez and Jeremy Alcoba are also two riders that have finished every race, but they're in 17th and 18th respectively. So it's, yep. it's been a really weird year in moto 2, And someone's got to step up. I mean, we're at the halfway point almost, I think and somebody's yep. got to step up and, and, and take this championship by the throat. But I, that's why I'm sitting there going, man, Vietti just has stunk kind of the last three races, except that big win. And you're just like, how is this dude still leading? Well that's why. Well
1: what's even what's even crazier to me, like I don't want to say crazy because that's probably the wrong word to use, but Vietti's in line for a MotoGP ride like the RNF team are looking at maybe trying to put him on that bike and I sit there and I, I kind of scratch my head a little bit because he's he's obviously very very talented and again Greg we got to check ourselves or I got to check myself because it wasn't like Quatsarro really did much in Moto 2 and look what he's done in MotoGP. Maybe people are seeing those same values in Vietti right now that they're seeing a young man that will be capable of jumping on a MotoGP bike and doing very well. But, you know, you look at these championships and how they're won, how they're lost. has made a lot of mistakes this year. And not only that, Greg, he's another kid that's gone through qualifying one a lot this year. He's been in qualifying one at least probably three or four times, and that's not something that you would think that you would see out of a guy leading a championship. Ayagura, it seemed like, was on a tear, and his stock looked like it was going up pretty hard. And don't you think, Greg, that sometimes – when when the talk of like okay we started hearing the talk of when a guy a girl was getting good results we started hearing the talk of a girl going to moto gp and then all of a sudden the results have kind of stopped like it's almost like oh now i can't make i got to be absolutely mistake free i got to do this i don't know if it makes them ride tight i don't know what the deal is but it's like the second the moto gp talk kind of starts a girl kind of started going backwards Augusto fernandez right now is on the up upswing he was looking like he was out of the championship. All of a sudden, now he's put like three solid results in um, from Lamar Ford, forward, if you remember. And and he's right in the championship. And then you got Aaron Kinnett, fourth in the championship with 116 points, Greg. Um, he's 17 points out of the championship, though. So you've got top four guys all within a race win of each other in that championship. And when you look at this, you look at somebody like Acosta in eighth right now. He's 75 points back. We know he's going to be out for a few rounds. Shantra won two races. Greg, he's ninth in the championship. Mm-hmm. How far back down do you go in this championship being halfway through the season and still be able to think that you have a chance? You know, that's yeah. the question, I guess.
0: So, well, that's the whole thing. I mean, you're going to need, you're going to need even heading into the last race of the year, you're going to need an entire race, you know, like 25 points yep. in your pocket because at any given time, anybody in the top six can fall off the motorcycle and not yep. score points. It's, it's pretty crazy. It's a fun championship to watch. It is. It's difficult, I think, for the MotoGP paddock to make a decision on who they think because you've got to kind of look at a guy like Vietti and say, okay, do you, do you hire Vietti as a fast guy who could possibly win your races, or you hire Vietti as a championship guy? Because right now he's not proving he can win a championship, even though he's leading it with two DNFs in the last three races. He's not grabbing the thing by you know by the horns and and running yeah. off with it. So interesting times ahead. Moto three, yeah,
1: very interesting times. Wait, just real quick, what oh. do you, what do you, what's your take on like Joe and Cam this weekend?
0: Grip. I mean, obviously, Cam, Cam qualified well, right? I mean, qualified what tenth? So he's on the fourth row. It's, it's you know, qualifying has been his thing, and so when that happened, I thought, okay, great, we're going to go. You know, Cam should finish at least in the top six because normally he marches forward. So kind of an unusual weekend for him. I think that Joe Roberts. Even though he's drifted backwards, I think that he's been proving that he's he's getting up there, you know, and,
1: and yeah. he's definitely made a step. So I'm happy yep. for Joe. And yeah. S- and S- Joe's S- made a big step. Joe, it was surprising for me to see Joe go backwards. So he must have really ran into some grip issues because he's really been he's really been on it.
0: Yeah, I mean it was really hot and all yeah. those
1: kinds of things. So
0: that that stuff was, I think we 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 take that stuff for granted a little bit sometimes. Those conditions and watching the wrong tire choice because Quinteraro made the wrong tire choice only he just had such a big lead that it was okay but everybody yep. all the gp guys were like dude it was an absolute disaster the last five laps we're like yep. hard to keep the bike from crashing and that's what alaysia said too i just went into crash conservation mode i had no grip from the beginning I had vibration on the front yep. of his bike and so again the maturation of of, of alaysia Spargo to take fourth uh instead of pushing the issue to get an extra four points or whatever and 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 throw the thing down the road when the the front end had vibration the entire time, and he said he couldn't yeah. ride it. So, yeah, that's what good, good you've got him. to see out of Staying a Moto there. Two rider, though, right? And say, okay, I got to take what I can take. So, I don't know. What do you think about Joe and Cam? We know, F- yeah, F-K I, I just I'm
1: conf- look, look, Joe. I I don't I can't really say anything about Joe. I mean, it just looked like he had ran into some issues because he had pace and he was right there with the leaders at the beginning of it. And my head just scratches for Cam. I know he's so much better than his results are showing, and and I don't know what to put that down to i just really don't know there's a lot of inconsistency there and we know how consistent he can be and how good he is and i see guys beating him that i'm like i don't know how that guy beats cam Beaubier. um so it's just it's a bit confusing to me it, this is not a, a a dress down on cam or the team or anything but there's just something there that isn't connecting properly and i don't know exactly what it is because we're not over there GW we're not in the paddock weekend and week out we're looking from afar and scratching our heads on why these results are what they are. So anyways, they're off to Aston as well. moto 3 Dub Guevara looks like the guy who Yeesh. wants to try to take advantage of this championship. We thought, I thought for sure, that going forward this year, um, I knew Garcia was going to be strong. He was my guy to win the championship. Fagio was the guy I think was the odds-on favorite and everybody thought was going to win the championship. Guevara has some other thoughts on this now. He dominated this race as well. So in Moto2 and Moto3, we had two dominant performances. The Gas Gas Aspar team um, finishes first and third with Fagia slammed in the middle there in second. Uh, Sasaki ends up fourth. Suzuki ends up fifth. Halgado, Anchu, Fernandez, Munoz, Ortolomino, Jami Masia, really strange, way back in 12th. Artigas, Bartolini, and Nepa are the top 15 riders. I think when you look at this race, Greg, if you listen to the commentary team before, and I didn't get to watch a lot of qualifying and stuff, but they were like, everybody was worried about Guevara getting out in front and checking out, which is exactly what he did. It wasn't even close.
0: Well, Friday, he just he was heads and shoulders above everyone else. Okay. And it's it's been more difficult to close the gap on Saturdays. Guevara, I guarantee you that people are looking at that kid going, hmm, maybe we should chuck him on a MotoGP bike right away. He's got a lot of potential. He's got, you know, he comes from the right country, 100%. And um, I like what he's doing. And once he gets out front, the thing Nick Guevara did that I thought was really interesting is he, he looked like he knew he had pace on everybody. And those yeah. first, bit, first few laps when he... Because obviously, this racetrack, I mean, how many laps did they do? 23, 27? Like, it was... Un- yeah, it was a long one. It's a yeah. long race because it's yeah. you know it's it's like us racing it. I was like, hey, Saxon Ring is like our pike's peak used to be, you know. Correct,
1: yeah, a little bit longer. Yeah, I agree with you. It was like a minute, yeah, there were there were very low, like uh
0: Yeah, it's the shortest racetrack, as we heard a thousand times as from we the go. broadcast, it's the shortest yeah. racetrack on the calendar. But what Gravara <laughs> did that I thought was really interesting was once he once he took over the the lead, he didn't try to push to break everybody. He made them right. kind of Wear their tires out, and that's really what broke him. When, once you got to that halfway point, and people started to lose the rear a little bit, lose the front, he just goes boop, 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 boop. But he, I, I thought it was a very smart race by the young man, uh, Ethan. I, I agree. So he's yeah. he's a, and, definitely and we, a shining star.
1: Yeah, and Fazio and Garcia rounding out that podium, and again, Sasaki coming close, getting up there up the front. But again, Greg, you look at the championship in this one as well now. And you start to think about, okay, where, who's trending? Who's doing what? Uh, Moto3 right now, Garcia has a seven-point lead right now. The two Gas Gas Aspar team riders um, are well out in front of Fagia. We're only halfway done with the season. I get it. Is that? I think we're halfway done now, right? Was that round 12, 11? Uh, I have to look. Anyways, yeah. Um, I love putting you on the spot. Sorry. Um, So Garcia... Over Guevara, over Faggia. Masia, who has won races this year, is fourth. The gap is definitely not insurmountable. And the Gas Gas team, and they're going to be watching these two guys on their team go at each other. Will they take each other out this year? That is the question. <laughs> um, that is the question. Um, it's possible. You know, you have... It's Moto 3. It's Moto3. <clears throat> it definitely possible. possible.
0: Mm-hmm. All right, There's let's move no on question. to MotoGP Fantasy, Jason, because. Um, Why? Yeah. Uh, well, because we play Why? it, because everybody's playing it, and they're enjoying oh it, because there's a brand new Ori helmet on the line, as oh. we are now sitting at, uh, let's see, how many people do we have? We have 340 people participating, which is amazing. There's been a change at the top of the leaderboard, Jason. Yes. As Fight Club burned through all of their uh, turbos, and now finds yep. themselves in a bit of a situation after only scoring yep. 77 points. It's three S W WSMC champs leading now, a thousand thirty nine and a half to Woot Racing, thousand thirty three. So slim six point. Fight Club slides the third. Uh, Slow Stoked is in fourth. Um, my boy Dan Yaza was fourth. Now he's sixth. That's DJ Thirty. So he's all upset because he's like, oh, if I only had Quattraro. It's like, dude, stop talking. All right, we don't we don't mm. want to hear you. I had actually, <laughs> JP and Greg hold hands. My favorite, probably one of my favorite names other than Um, 23rd. Yeah, I ended that, up look, like moving into the 40s. I got some intel. Okay. I got some intel. I ended up moving into the 40s after qualifying. But since I turboed, I can't believe I turboed this early. And as soon as I did, I was like, you know what? Oh, yeah. Pecco's going to crash. Pecco's going to crash. Because oh. he's, he's just he's just had that kind of year. And I thought, nah, he's got it out of his system, right? Hey, Turbo. I'm fifty
1: fifth, so I'm really Kirsten. I'm struggling, struggling. Kirsten. so three WSMC champs is my buddy Rusty, and he's with Carl Lowry Jr. and Ken Kramer. That's their team. Three three WSMC. Oh, champs, they're, right? what they're are a partnership. Yeah, but well, uh, they've also got two other they got two other teams. Greg and they're yeah, yeah they're who, other teams.
0: But if they win, who gets the helmet? I don't know. I'm not I'm chopping the helmet that up that into that three pieces. I
1: guarantee you that, that is that is not. That's for not, me to know <laughs> you <don't But> care. <laughs> guess guess what other team they own mm. jp greg and greg hold, hold hands. hands okay yeah <laughs> so they got the 23rd team and they got the 124th team which i i mean yeah their their worst team is still yeah i am so bad i don't even have any well i can tell you this jp and greg combat. hold hands either they didn't
0: manage it but they have alaysh Pecco, Ducati, Cuadraro, and Digi Antonio, right? Yeah. How you made Cuadraro silver after he qualified on the front row, you don't know motorcycle racing. Like, the moment Quart <clears throat> got on the front row, I go, oh, he, he won it. Like, I, I said that to yeah, myself. Yeah, but you got to remember,
1: they, you, a, lot of the, a lot of us have to make our picks on Friday night because we don't get to see qualifying Saturday and then make your picks, right? Yeah, I guess. You got to do all that. And it being over here in America. So, like, you look at their team, Alish, Bagnaya quarterly that's pretty strong strong i mean pretty damn strong so but yeah it's it's um i have really found this thing the biggest thing that i've learned in our pool this year that with you this, suck? with this thing besides that i do stink i'm looking at you on 55th that is painful like look at your team alaysh Bagnaya, marini miller you got a good team mhm our teams aren't that well they are pretty far apart the, I, pro- the I, problem I is i put is miller on the you team get, this week if you get behind in this deal, if you get behind in this deal, like I'm looking at Tyler Olmstead, he's 60th. When you get behind in this deal, it's really hard to make up, hard to make it up because you, you don't have enough money to buy the good guys. So Yeah, I don't see, yeah, any, I I see just, any
0: teams worth, you know, 20 million like we did last week when you started with like whatever whatever it was, 15.5 million or something like that. 19.9 million,
1: slow to stoked to yep. fourth. Yep, that's a big 19.6. one. 19.6. So we've got some teams there, but like, when you go back down and and you start going lower and lower, there's well there's a team for yeah, I mean you start going down the list, right? And it's really, really difficult. Oh, uh, there's a twenty million. Go forward, is there? Furious
0: George ninety nine. Yeah. What <laughs> Furious what place? George ninety nine. Nineteenth place. place. Already turbo okay. twice. So they have Pecco, Elish, Ducati, Jorge Martin, and Quaderaro. Boy, that is a that's a killer team
1: right it's, there. It's pretty gnarly that people have Quattrararo as silver, though. I agree with you on that. Yeah. Like me and Paul, Cruthers, we we go at each other pretty hard every weekend about our about our MotoGP stuff, and you know that other pool that we're in that you failed to even put a rider in for this week, um, <laughs> Uncle Skip's league. Well, um, hold on, there was a reason for that. Always is. When when were we? When was that? Do. You're, yeah, it's, it's due Friday nights and you just always fail anyways it doesn't matter the thing is is that we always talk about this stuff oh
0: no 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 hold on hold on I know exactly what happened I was getting ready oh, to great. make my picks on my, uh-huh. on my computer and I was like it was deadline again right I was like two minutes yeah. away or some three minutes away and we had a massive micro burst and the power went out until like 1.30 in the morning so it was out for like six mm. or seven hours and that's what happened. So now all of a sudden I'm going like, wait, now I'm sitting in the dark. I got to scramble. And then by the time I got enough uh, brain power to hotspot my phone to my laptop, deadline was over.
1: Got it. That's what happened. Well, the tournament committee just thinks you're a failure. So <laughs> it is what it is. I think,
0: I think my positioning in that I'm, league proves Greg, that I'm a I'm,
1: failure. Greg, I'm 275th. I have no business saying that you're a failure in anything. I don't. I am in big trouble here. But see, my team, I I can't. My team's worth thirteen thousand nine hundred or thirteen million nine hundred thousand. Oral. I can't. I can't afford to buy anybody. No, I know. So like, you're you're just kind of anyways. Join Moto us MotoGP. Always fun. Yep. Yeah, that's always fun. Greg, this weekend we are Moto American. At, we certainly up here are at the ridge. At the what's ridge. Your, uh, at the. What's, your, the, what's your, your? Give me your feels on it. What are your feels?
0: Boy, for? I don't know. I mean, um. I don't think Petrucci, you know, obviously it's a Yamaha thing right now, right? It's Gagne, it's Peterson, it's uh, Matthew Skultz. They're the ki- the guys kind of, you know, pushing this thing. And then Petrucci in the mix. I'll be interested to hear what Petrucci has to say about the ridge. I am a big fan, but there are some big trees around in some big areas. And that last section can be a little bit, uh, uh, you want to be reserved in the very last section of the racetrack. You don't want to be, not a lot of runoff and things like that. So I'll be interested to see uh, what Petrucci thinks I, okay. you know, this is our third time, I believe to the Ridge. It's been dominated by Yamaha, Bobier won two, uh, Donye one, two last year. I think for some reason, is the grip level still high Jay? Like, is the track so still, good. still pretty smooth? I,
1: it was unbelievable. Like I, I rode there for two days, granted, not anywhere near the pace. These guys are going to be going. Okay. But, um, but the track is really good. Like it's solid. It's, it's a couple little bumps in the first chicane. That look, no track is perfect. So you're gonna have a couple little bumps everywhere you go. So a couple little. But the ones, first but chicane the rest the track... isn't
0: like it's not gonna define the lap time, right? Like what I'm saying is a smoother racetrack track means that Ducati goes better on on Dunlops. So you, just, I think you tell I me. Think
1: it, I look. I just think it's it's a track where you have to be highly aggressive. Um, it's a, it's a real, like kind of what you would say, scrappers track as my dad used to say, mm-hmm. it's a track where, um, it does require some thought. The, the thing about it is it's got a couple of those really gnarly first gear turns turn 11, 12, 13, I believe will all be first gear turns on super bikes. Um, obviously depending on how they, how they set their bikes up and things. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me to imagine somebody going quicker than Ganya here. Or having the level of aggression that he will have. And I think for Petrucci it's all gonna be about how he feels the second he sees this place, the first time he sees it, what he is thinking. I never really got to hear too many comments about Brainerd. I know he tested there. I don't even it's not a question mark about Danilo's writing ability. It's more about where his head's gonna be when he shows up. Like is he is he prepared to keep defending this championship? Because from here, he's going to go to a track that we know he's going to love. He's going to go to Laguna Seca and praise that place and love it. Um, so it's just the whole thing is, I think, based off of kind of a personality thing for him. It'll be interesting to see how how Cam Peterson goes, Sculpts. What are the BMWs going to do here? BMWs don't have any data about this track, and I think this will be a difficult track, and maybe a more difficult track, Greg, right, for the BMWs setup-wise um, than some of the other tracks that they've gone to. Um so that'll be left to be seen. I think it's, I think at the super sport category. This place just smells of Josh Heron, like doing really well. I think this is going to be a great track for that Ducati. We saw him go very well here last year um, on Superbike. He actually kept Gagne a little bit honest, if I remember, um, in the Superbike races here. I don't have the results pulled up, but I think this is a place where, where Heron will really like the flow around here on that Ducati. I think he's going to be extremely difficult to beat. I think Junior Cup can go anywhere. We, we've seen that in the past. Junior Cup part of it is going to go anywhere, but I'm looking forward to seeing Stock 1000. You know, I think of all the tracks we go to, g Moto America coming to the Ridge, I think we have probably more local people that sign up for the races at the Ridge than any other track we go to. Yeah, probably, and it's a it's maybe a, Jersey, maybe Jersey too.
0: Yeah, it depends. I mean, it, you know, the Jersey, Jersey thing is tough because it's at the end of the season, and most people are out of money yeah. by then, and so they can't. Yeah. If we had Jersey, I think, you know, in April, I think you'd see probably more people than than we get. You know, yeah. otherwise, that's always been a factor. But correct. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think we're in for some good stuff. I mean, you know, I was just looking at like entry lists, and you know, thirty eight entered in the superbike class and you know we've seen over 40 40 something in stock thousand you know and yeah uh, stock thousand not as beefy as we've seen which is actually lends itself better for stock thousand because this track isn't how long is this track jay two and a half miles it's
1: i uh, don't know the exact number the lifetimes are pretty high though they're very, they're, they're, they're minute, you know, they're going to be minute 44s, 5s, I think in stock, 1000 probably, mm-hmm. 42s, 43s, and Superbike consistently, I think. I think, I uh, you know, and look, it's going to be cooler this year. you got to remember the lap times that were set last year were in extreme, extreme heat. True. We might still have some tire issues this weekend in the sense that heat could cause an issue. Um, the main thing is, is it has absolutely been pouring rain up here for like three weeks, right? They, they told me on uh, Monday that's the first day it hasn't rained in like three weeks. Wow. So it's, um yeah, and, and Moto America has already been here uh, throughout the course of the week. A lot of the semis that were here. I saw them all. They've already, they've repainted some of the curbings on the insides of like two, three, four, um, or like three, four were all repainted overnight, Monday to Tuesday. So, um, yeah, it's just, it's. It's a really fun place to ride. I really enjoy riding here, and I just think it's a really gnarly place to race in the sense that it's hard to pass. But, um, but we've had good racing here in the past, though. We have. And you're right, Jay. So,
0: 41 flat was Gagne's best lap of the race last year. Heron, who finished second in race one, did a 41 flat as well. Cam Peterson on the Suzuki did a 41 one. So yep. that's you know very competitive. He finished eight seconds behind on that Suzuki Cam Peterson's gonna be one to watch. He gets along with this place really well. He does. He
1: does, and he's got some confidence coming off of Road America, and I just think it's gonna be an interesting. Uh, it's gonna be an interesting weekend all the way around. So I'm excited about it. It's every morning here wakes up a little bit gloomy and gray, and then you know, sort of by eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock, the sun starts peeking through and coming out, and then the all all of the gray just burns off and it turns into be a really nice evening or really nice afternoons. So um, yeah, it's gonna be gonna be a fun weekend.
0: For the Medallia Superbike class, for those people that aren't going to be there, we're going to be live on FS2 on Sunday. It'll be uh, delayed on uh, FS... Oh, it'll be live. Sorry. Both both days, we are live on FS2 for Medallia Superbike. So we're live with Stock Thousand on Live Plus. We're live with Supersport on MAV TV. We're live with Superbike on FS2. So it's going to be a busy weekend for us as well. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, that's it. Other than, uh, you know, congratulations to... Uh, Eli Tomac in pro motocross. Oh, yeah. He wins another one. He goes 2-1 over Chase Sexton, who goes 1-2. Jason Anderson in third, going 3-5. Chase Sexton leads that championship, continues to lead it. Now he's he's got uh, 23 points over Eli Tomac in that championship. Uh, Jet Lawrence over Hunter Lawrence again. They buff. Hunter, yeah. They hey, a- wait, Hunter won this week. Jet Lawrence goes 2 1. Oh Hunter yeah, 2 1. Yeah, that's right. Hunter won the first the race. Tie, yes. Yeah, the tiebreaker, right? So they tied in points. They both scored 47 points. Dude, you didn't get to watch that race. The I didn't battle, get to watch it.
1: the front between those two was so gnarly in the second moto.
0: I heard it, it was, was one it of the was, best Pro Motocross race weekends of like in a long, it, long time. Dude, like, Pro
1: Motocross right now is so good. Like mm-hmm. four fifty stuff was amazing. I watched it all. And but it's gonna be interesting to see how the whole the whole uh Lawrence clan goes here because they're going at each other pretty hard. It was really fun racing. You know, they both they signed, Hunter, they, they yeah. signed Hunter for another two years. And Jet. So, yeah. And Jet. They Did both they sign resign? Jet? I didn't see that. Did they sign him? Yeah, they signed yeah. both.
0: So they're on. Yep. So good stuff. Uh, next week, obviously in this podcast, we're going to be talking about MotoGP Asin, and we're going to talk about uh, MotoAmerica, the Ridge. So it should be a nice long one and full of juicy stuff. Yeah. Fingers crossed that something happens with this forecast, but in the high 80s on Saturday and sunny, and in the 90s on Sunday. Yeah. would be good for us. When are you
1: blowing out of here on Sunday? Red eye. Ever, what time?
0: 11.45, I think, at night. So you go 11.45 to get out. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That's not early. All right. Yeah, that was yep. basically most on cost, Jason, because <clears throat> yeah. my That's, ticket's yeah, still coming. $1,380 round trip in
1: coach. It's... It's... J- like it's a joke. I I woke up Sunday morning to catch my flight. I had a four o'clock flight Sunday, woke up to Delta canceling my flight and putting me on a flight Monday, which that does me no good mm-hmm. because I need to be here for Monday. So I end up rebooking my flight. It leaves an hour plus late out of LA. It's an hour plus late, obviously landing. Then they stick us on the runway for an hour plus Whoa. sitting on the runway in Seattle. I didn't get to bed till 3am. And it's like, yeah, it's it's bad, and my ticket was eleven hundred bucks too. So, it's yeah, At least I'm it's, coming from the east coast, and, and, man. That's just and the thing I don't understand is every flight is full. Like every flight, everybody's paying these big high costs, and uh, anyway, it's pretty gnarly. But looking forward to it. I think there'll be a lot of fans up here. I'm hoping for this race, this round. Um, Come to one of the most, literally one of the most beautiful places around. I got, I got to talking yesterday with John Cornwall. He's just a, he's just a great guy to just wrap out with. And we were talking, he's, and he was he was just kind of, uh, he was here over last weekend, um, helping some people at the club race. And so he's just been sticking around. And he's like, Jay, he goes, you know, because you cross that bridge and you go up to the top of the hill, you get up on top of the ridge here at the ridge, and you get to the grandstands. He's like, the views are just stunning, you know, Mount Rainier in the distance and that kind of thing. And i'm like yeah it's a beautiful place i mean it really is it's a stunning place so i'm looking forward to it gw have a safe flight i know you have some crazy whack flight getting here at nine in the morning tomorrow morning so you're like red-eyeing on the way here too yeah i think i'm going to bed basically in like an hour because i get
0: a <laughs> i got an <laughs> oh, early morning God.
1: flight it's all good yeah it's all good yeah 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 you're just gonna do your thing so yeah um yeah you got to be taken off at what five in the morning or something yeah something like that. that's pretty gnarly well safe travels looking forward to seeing everybody and um man we got a lot of racing this weekend asin overseas moto america here enjoy folks